United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. The dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Cross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Cross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that the window is never big enough for me to click record, so whenever I'm like, yeah, let's do this rock and roll, then I have to expand the window, and then I have to go to recording. Yeah, I whatever update just happened that made everything, like, disappear, that you have to, like, press um, more is so stupid, and I hate it. Yeah, but like, I, I know we've been through a lot, but that's literally the most inconvenient thing that's happened to me. I literally, I'm like, give... Put the fucking UX designers of Zoom on the horn because this is some bullshit. This is absolute bullshit. Or the fact that user friendly. The fact that you can have Zoom like on a minimized window, but if somebody joins into the meeting, it immediately like maximizes the window again is like the bane of my existence. That drives me fucking crazy. I bet there's a setting somewhere, but like I'm too stupid to figure it out. And that shouldn't be that should be the default. Okay, yeah. it should be the default to not fucking extend yeah. it. Anyway, so like I'm trying to like show someone something, they pop into the Zoom, and I'm like, duck, 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 yeah, and I have to like go I, fucking find it and minimize it again. Or when they start sharing a screen, it also does the maximize. I, I, it just you know, it's the little things that will drive me insane and make me write a manifesto. Yeah, same. I will write a manifesto about the inconveniences of Zoom. Also, thank you, Zoom, for letting us record our podcast for free every week. Oh, um, well, we, we don't technically do it for free. Um, I have the unlimited plan that um, my, our work may or may not pay for. So, But I need it for meetings. I also need it. <laughs> I need a reading, so whatever. Um, anyway, hey, what's up? My name is Noelle, and I am having the most unfortunate beverage because this specific can of LaCroix, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, um, came to the beach with us, and um, I obviously didn't drink it, so I put it back in my fridge, and it is caked in sand, so every drink I take is a little gritty. Mm, It probably has way more flavor now than it ever would have before. And I'm Chelsea. I'm the salt around the rim of a margarita glass. Oh. oh, we are on a little bit of a Margaritaville kick. I don't know if anyone has seen, before we get into the episode, I don't know if anyone has seen the absolute gift to humanity that the Margaritaville Crocs collab is. But oh. when I say it's absolute and utter perfection, oh boy, do I mean it. You have to sign up for like a lottery to even buy them. To be given the opportunity to buy them, you mean? Yeah. Because I get it. I get it. That oh, and is... the draw is closed. Did you sign yeah. up for it? Um, no, I didn't. Because if there's a Croc store, you can also buy them from there. Oh. But I, and I, I just figured went we to had the, one. Yeah. Do, I don't know if we have a Croc store. We have don't like, say that to me. We have like retailers that sell Crocs. Like Because uh, they're already going for a lot of money. Like resell. Um, <clears throat> Crocs store uh, near me, dude. I don't think we have a Crocs outlet near us. Shut the fuck like up. I think we have like fantastic footwear, but that's shut not. The fuck up. Let me look. Shut the fuck up. So Are I'm you... looking in Ogden. You're looking in Salt Lake. I'm assuming Crocs. Is it outlet or like Crocs store? I went to Crocs.com forward slash Crocs dash store dash locator forward slash stores html. 
It's only bringing um, up like famous footwears. <gasps> the closest one is in Vegas. <laughs> and we didn't sign up for the lottery. That's all. I'm gonna kill to myself. Oh my god! But go look them up. They're beautiful. If you live by a Croc store, I'm a size nine in women's, which is a size seven in men's, and Chelsea is a size eight eight in yeah. women's, which is a size six in men's. So let us know. <laughs> oh my god. That I can't sucks, believe dude. this. I can't believe this. Honestly, I can't believe this. Um, I would go to Vegas. For the Crocs, dude? Fucking yeah. I, I mean, mean, I technically, could make, I would go for the Crocs, but you know, I would intermix enough things in there that it wasn't just for the Crocs. Hear me out on this. So, God, I, sometimes he listens, so whatever. <laughs> um, I was, I like was cleaning up like my partner's junk drawer today mm-hmm. and he just has money laying around everywhere. I found over a hundred dollars in cash. And then I found like, I don't, I don't, it was over a hundred dollars in um, chips from the Flamingo casino that he forgot to turn in for money. Yeah. So like, and I'm like, does he even know they exist because they're just like floating around? Yeah. So I could just like take his casino chips Dude, that's and what I was we could say. we could pay for the the Crocs but in I Vegas. That, I just want to send you something. Please look at your Slack. Sold out. Sold out. So that's online. That's got to be online. That's got. Who lives in Vegas? I need someone who lives in Vegas. No, we not make your Vegas. sister drive like three hours to Vegas and get I them know. for us. If, well, if anyone lives by a Croc store, maybe if you live somewhere like Wisconsin. Actually, I don't know. I feel like Wisconsin is the most popping when it comes to Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what are you doing? Where do we go? Where do we go? Who doesn't care about Jimmy Buffett? If you're oh. in Alabama and you have a Croc store near you, I feel like Alabama is in Jimmy Buffett. Do you know what I'm saying? I feel like that's not their vibe. They're not. Maybe they are. Who I don't even the fucking know. Is, Utah is the best place. Who is Jimmy Buffett? Oh, my God. I If you live by a Croc store, please – Please go tomorrow. If you're listening to this Friday morning, please take your lunch break and go and see if you can get us Crocs. Um, we'll send you podcast stuff and pay you, obviously. Yeah, we'll pay you. We'll they pay do you have, we'll send you Crocs. Um, these really stuff. cool, like, tie-dye platform Crocs. That no, could, it's not. You can't. Don't. Are you fucking stupid? You know this. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> everyone. Look at the Margaritaville Crocs. They are they are margarita green, tie-dye with white. They have a the, bottle opener on them. The, the sport mode strap is glitter green gorgeousness. They have a little salt shaker on as a giblet. Those are what those are called, giblets, the little things you put in your Crocs. There's a salt shaker giblet. There's a shot glass giblet that is usable. There are ice cube giblets. <laughs> there's a lime giblet. And then on the side of the croc, it's a parrot, because you know, parrot heads. Mm-hmm. Parrot bottle opener. God, we're so why did I think? Why did I think we I was like, I literally envisioned a fucking croc store at Fashion Place Mall, which is like 15 minutes from me. And I was like, I won't pay the five dollar shipping. I'll just walk my happy ass over to Fashion Place tomorrow and buy them. I opened up literally throw yeah. myself off of. A I opened up the lottery and my phone offered to autofill it for me, and I think I was like, 
uh, I'm stupid and lazy. And then I didn't even fuck it. I could have still had a chance. I rob myself of happiness consistently, and then I wonder why I'm so fucking miserable. That's it, dude. That's that's the quote right there. That's the fucking problem. Oh my god. <laughs> I wonder I'm if supposed I'm, to talk about anything. How am I supposed to? How my mom goes to Trader Joe's like once a month in Vegas because she's obsessed with Trader Joe's. That's as close as it is to her. I Amy. wonder if she's going anytime soon. Please hold on. Let me. Let me. I know that this is podcast, but let me go ahead and do this real quick. Text tell mom. Her, yeah, tell her that um Hey, are you s- and Donna are you and or Donna going to Vegas anytime soon? Chelsea and I missed out on doing the <laughs> raffle for the Margaritaville Crocs and we don't have a Croc store near us, the closest one is in Vegas. So if you guys happen to be going Trader Joe's or something, if you could uh stop and pick those up for us, um we'll pay you. Okay, love you. Thank you. Tell also, her I'll kill myself. <laughs> that's the <laughs> other thing is like, um, so my cousin Donna has a P.O. box um, out in Vegas because that's where they get their alcohol delivered so they can get around the uh, liquor laws. That's fucking brilliant. Hold on a minute. Okay. Send. Let's see. Oh, God. I fucking. I, if, if God is real, she'll be like, oh, I'm going to Trader Joe's this weekend. I'll go. I wonder your mom will like will just I feel like your mom would make the trip just because she's so fucking momish, you know, like this'll make the kids happy. Your mom will message me and be like, Are you eating vegetables? Like it's true. she just checks in and I'm like, Yes, mom, thanks for checking in. She's like, I just worry about you kids. I know, I <laughs> she had to bully Chelsea recently. Um Yeah. With love, bully with love, I should say, but um God, I fucking hope. Uh, actually, my cousin was just at Red Rocks for a concert. I wonder if she's driving. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I feel like we're trying to like get a fucking fix on drugs right now. Oh, I, I can buy drugs. drugs easier than I could buy the Margaritaville Crocs, and that's the fucking problem. That's the fucking oh problem. Oh, my God. You know what kills me? We are so on the ball for the Axolotl Build-A-Bears, and then we're just pissing in the wind when it comes to true limited well, dreams of you want to know the problem crops. and i'm gonna go ahead and um just place the blame elsewhere with the axolotl build bears we had multiple people on that wait list yeah. like i didn't even sign up for the wait list ty put his email on the notification when it's back in stock wait list he got the email he immediately purchased it and then sent it over and was like tell chelsea if she wants to act on this now i just got the email and i just bought it yeah so it wasn't even it wasn't even our fundamental flaws that's the problem this was the margaritaville crocs were just you and i hoping anyone would pick up the slack (laughs) (laughs) i'm not saying i'm blaming our partners right now but the margaritaville crocs were announced in a group chat with everyone and (sighs) They didn't proactively read our minds, so I will they blame them. We're shitting on the fashion of them, which they're. It's not my fault that your smooth brain can't understand fashion. Um, that speak to your man because Ty is a big fan of the Crocs and he's a big fan of Jimmy Buffett. Um, I think Oliver Oliver does like Jimmy Buffett, but he doesn't appreciate fashion. I just like <sighs> you look at those, and it's like you're wearing art. To me, it's like wearing a Picasso on your feet. I feel. 
You're absolutely right. Oh my god, what the fuck are we gonna do here? Okay, okay anyway. Now we have to oh, I don't even have to do. do a whole entire fucking episode about okay. Now on, I gotta look like, and pretend that I care about this shit. That's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> exactly what I'm saying. I have to pretend like I fucking I talk, give a shit. I have to talk about Pat Robinson. I have to pretend about, that I care. I have to talk about televangelism and pretend like my mind isn't thinking about who I know that lives next to a croc store. Are you oh kidding me? God. Are you Dude. kidding me? Oh my God. Why I isn't there a croc store in Utah? The Explain amount that of to me. nursing students that we have. That's our main export is nursing students. And what do nursing students wear? Fucking Crocs. You're so right. God. Ugh. Okay, it's fine. I don't know what to do. We'll get them. We'll get them. We're gonna manifest it. Put it out into the. Put it out into the open. We'll get it. We'll figure it out. So put when you do the art for this episode, try to put a croc in there. I'm just gonna do (laughs) the Margaritaville crocs, and I'll put like Pat Robinson's face as a giblet. Because, like, people should really know the meat and potatoes of this episode, which is getting us the Margaritaville crocs. It's the only thing that matters. Everything else is just like bullshit at this point filler it's all fucking yeah. filler at the oh end of the day God. nothing it, it doesn't how many matter pages? we have to talk about five pages of this fucking nonsense single space. <laughs> i can't believe i have to do this right now after i've just been delivered horrific news i just watched a car accident in which we were the victims and now yeah. i gotta pretend i'm okay my brain and my heart were in the driver and passenger seat <laughs> no seatbelts no airbags <laughs> just flew out flew out the fucking front <laughs> god damn it uh, you know what I want to think though because we're having a barbecue tomorrow and it's going to be a Jimmy Buffett themed barbecue now so do you mm-hmm. have a Hawaiian shirt yeah I have the Trixie Katia one oh perfect yeah I feel like as long as everyone is wearing Hawaiian shirts and wearing socks with sandals will manifest the energy that'll get us the margarita yeah. crocs I mean I have the crocs that have like the flames on them that I, but they don't have holes in them for giblets I have um platform crocs that's actually. all I, I want mega, platform mega crocs. platform crocs they're not even crocs anymore because they're so mega yeah. that they had to be like altered um but it ain't no margaritaville croc I'll tell you that I'll tell you the fuck that right now it's God. someone spit in your face and told you that it was water. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah. Like after they, I was forced to do a triathlon, but the triathlon was exclusively all quarters of it being the desert. And then they said, here, have this glass of water. And it was spit in my yeah. face. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like, what, what a disappointment. God. Anyway, it's okay. We're going to figure it out. It'll happen. Okay. Let me fucking try to get it together. <laughs> I haven't God. read the secret, but I know enough about it that I feel like we could manifest. It. <laughs> <laughs> let me write. Let me write this on a piece of paper three times in all directions, and then yeah. roll it up and blow it out the window. <laughs> Dude, let's do one of those Etsy hexes that we were gonna do. Yeah, forever there's, ago. there's gotta be a fucking bitch on Etsy who will do it for three bucks, and she'll uh, manifest me get, and you getting these Crocs. Oh my so. God. That's all I want, man. I can't. I don't want. I want to pay retail price, though. So I can't afford. I am the not going to pay the fucking three hundred dollars. That is. You, can't. you know what? That how am I supposed to five o'clock somewhere if that's the prices I'm paying? That's yeah. that's nine afford. to five. Yeah, that's I nine can't to five afford. all day everywhere. Not five o'clock somewhere. Yeah. That's clock in, baby. That's second job. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, God. there's no lift laugh left in those conditions. Absolutely not. 
Ugh. Fuck. Okay, it's fine. We'll J- Jimmy out. Buffett, if you hear this. Jimmy Buffett. I know that you're an avid listener. Oh. <laughs> Everyone, please tag Jimmy Buffett. Please help. I really, I really need a win. Please help us. <laughs> I just need this one fucking W. Please give it to me. This one. Yeah. Oh, my oh God. man. Okay. Anyway, I just imagine myself like wearing the Margaritaville Crocs of the club, like in a slut dress, and then my Margaritaville Crocs, and I'm just like, oh. damn, that's it right there. That's the fucking vibe. I have that out that um, sequin ensemble where the top is the eyeballs, and then the shorts is the mouth with the tongue hanging out i wore it to the boo paul party that mm-hmm. with the margaritaville crocs oh my god the energy is immaculate honestly or the miley also, cyrus coke dress the miley cyrus coke dress would be good also think of like just everyday pajamas margaritaville crocs it it automatically like puts you in party mode i feel yeah imagine like running errands in those is it even all an I'm errand saying, at that point, or is it no, just a party? It's a party. Absolutely, it's a party. All I'm saying is that, like, if you, I'm not a doctor nor a professional, but if you suffer from depression, I think if you bought the Margaritaville Crocs, <laughs> you would yeah. be you would be cured. I think. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a doctor yet, but I'm becoming a doctor of cryptozoology, and I can guarantee. <laughs> I'm a doctor in theory, you. as far as yeah, I'm a theoretical doctor. <laughs> um, imagine. So. Dude, imagine you, it's your family and it's an entire boat full of orphan puppies. And someone was like, you got to open up this beer and it is not a twist top. And you fucking just, you save the puppies. They're like, open up the beer or all the puppies die. And you're like, well, good thing I have my margarita. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And then what if someone's like, I need to drink water. I need to drink water. And then you just un screw your shot glass giblet and you fill it with water and then you save a stranger's oh, life oh my so, god it's crazy oh man anyway okay let the me world's, <laughs> wait real i have another one what? <laughs> the world's tiniest yet deadliest atom bomb and it can only be contained the tiny little shot glass <laughs> yeah the yeah, deadliest yeah. spider yeah Oh and my god, yeah. There's a spy there's a deadly spider in the room. On top of your orphan puppy's bed. And then crib. you've got the shot glass to catch it and then safely remove it and put it outside because you understand that all so, animal yeah. life is precious. You fucking Hitler, you don't want me to have these Margaritaville? I'm saying it's almost like a crime a little bit against. Yeah, you don't humanity. appreciate the sanctity of like yeah. life. Yeah. Also imagine you're walking by like a movie set and they're like, who forgot the prop ice for this very important scene where you know like a james bond type character is swiveling his glass of whiskey and i'm like Mm -hmm. surprise i have fake ice cubes on my crocs and they're like my god someone give this girl an oscar we're gonna she's gonna be in our award ceremony speech Mm -hmm. and be an accredited contributor on Mm -hmm. the film yeah so you're lost in the middle of the fucking Amazon and then you need to befriend local wildlife, but they don't know if you're tight until they see the fucking parrot on your shoe. And they're like, that is true. that's one of us. That is true. They swoop down and suddenly you're wearing a blanket of birds. Or maybe you're traveling on the seas and everyone is contracting. Um, oh my God. What's it called? But you need to eat lemons. <laughs> scurvy. Scurvy. Everyone, <laughs> everyone is contracting scurvy. But you eat the Crocs. 
<laughs> and you're like, they're like, but we don't know what a lemon or a lime looks like. You know? <laughs> and you're like, and you're like, look at, do you see this? And you pull off your lime wedge from your crock and you go, do you see this? This will cure you. If you land on shore and you look for this, this will yeah. cure you of your scurvy. They're like, yeah. Or that ship goes down, right? Mm-hmm. You flip those puppies into sports mode and slide them onto your arms like little baby floaties. You know you're not sinking. Yeah, it's true. You shine the fake, like you turn your arm and you shine the fake uh Ice cubes in the sun. Helicopter pilot sees you from miles away. Yeah. And then when you get in the helicopter, you can crack open a nice Topo Chico (laughs) seltzered water because those Mm -hmm. are bottle cap only and cheers everyone and thank them for saving you. And they're like, my God, that bottle cap on here. Yeah. Croc. So anyway, (laughs) anyway, so sorry that you like want me to fucking die in the middle of nowhere on a boat, (laughs) I guess. And drowning. (laughs) literally it that's literally it the only water available is topo chico and we need a <laughs> bottle opener to save everyone's life yeah um so anyway my blood is on your hands that's what i'm saying uh, our blood all, is on your that's hands. what i'm saying as well and also the okay. countless people we could have saved by owning <laughs> yeah yeah oh man okay <laughs> speaking of people who can't be saved let's get into um televangelism part two yeah. Um, and this one's a bit of a doozy. Um, I decided, here's my problem. I understand that I have to explain them to you a little bit, but I fucking hate that. I hate it. I don't care about them or their shit or the sh- like, you know what I mean? I don't care yeah. about their rise to power. I know that's important to the story, but I, we had to like do so much of that, that um, I'm giving three good um, controversy breakdowns, and then we're going to go into a rapid fire of um, controversial statements and or predictions that he's made at the end. So, oh, that's so fun! Here we go. <sighs> Marion Gordon or Pat Robertson was born March twenty second, nineteen thirty, in Lexington, Virginia, into a prominent political family, and he was the younger of two sons. His parents were God. What a terrible name. Absolute name. That person Ab- is a warrior I, of Satan. I Absalom, know. Absalom. Absalom. Ab- Absalom. That, Absal- they killed. They killed that motherfucker in season three of Supernatural. I know. <laughs> Absalom. If you say that name three times in your living room, your furniture will start to levitate. Your, Absal- you will invert and float through your house upside down. <laughs> You'll start crab walking backwards on the ceiling. <laughs> That's, yeah, they didn't even use any like effects for Tony Collette in Hereditary. She just said Absalom three times and then mm-hmm. scuttled along the walls. That's true. It's so. like actually fact. Mm-hmm. So his dad, Absalom Willis Robertson, a conservative Democrat senator. Keep in mind, this was back when Democrats were actually when it was flipped. When Democrats mm-hmm. were actually Republicans, Republicans were actually Democrats as far as um, policy and theory goes. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in your pocket. And Gladys Churchill, um, his mother, whose credentials are listed as housewife and musician, which is fun for her. It's fun. The nickname Pat came from his brother, um, and this is just like an FYI because I looked at his name and was like, how the fuck do you get Pat from Marion Gordon? Um, He considered 
Marion to be effeminate and going by M. Gordon as like too stagey, too flashy. So he opted to just go by his nickname, Pat. And the nickname Pat came from his brother. Um, like he would, Pat would blow up his cheeks, you know, and his yeah. brother would like pop him and go pat, 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 pat. Like, so it's kind of cute and wholesome. Yeah, that's sweet. That's the only sweet thing about him. So let's get into it. Um, Unlike most of the cult leaders and televangelists um, I've learned of, there's no record of him being this, like, suave or charismatic guy. Just, like, any anyone, like, Jim Baker, Oral Roberts, um, fucking Jim Jones, they yeah, all... like, the charismatic leader that people follow. Yeah, they yeah. they have, they always have a history, and especially documented in childhood, of being like, you know, stagey. Even think of like Joseph Smith, like they're they're charismatic, and it's been noted throughout their life that they have this like need. je ne sais quoi. Yeah, exactly. Um, that is not the case with Pat. Um, he received honors from prep school. To university, so he's like a really diligent student. Um, maybe it's the fact that he was born into money as to why he like didn't need to rely on charisma to mm-hmm. like get him to the top. Um, who knows? But that's my guess. Um, Pat did also join a fraternity and was quoted saying, "Oh my god, do you like that?" Although I worked hard at my studies, my real major centered around lovely young ladies who attended the nearby girls' school. He did. So you just know, like, it's it doesn't take a genius to know that he probably got where he was because of the money. And then he didn't have to fucking work hard because of, again, the money. Oh, boy. Are you going to absolutely fucking co-sign on that statement with... Oh, I'm so I'm fucking happy he got next. drafted. Yeah, <laughs> I just read the subject ahead. <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. I also want everyone to know that, like, <clears throat> he made, well... How can I say this? I'm going to fast forward a little bit and then come right back. So like this comment about him, like just wanting to be like a fuck boy, essentially like a 19 fucking forties fuck boy Mm -hmm. um, would be whatever. If he didn't go on to become the founder and head of the 700 club, which is to this day, the most prominent and dominant um, religious network ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, you can be an asshole and be a fucking frat guy that we all know and hate. Mm-hmm. Or you can be a living, thieving, conniving piece of shit. Yeah. It's like, it's just, to me, knowing that like he said this when speaking about his like time at university just is like, it makes perfect sense why he said all the other shitty things. Like it just, yeah. I don't know. It was such, it's such a sentence that would um, like preview into him being like a motherfucker. So, well, cause here's the tea. Nobody else has that luxury unless you're born into money. Like we can't go to college and just piss away our time there. Mm-hmm. We have to do the fucking grind and most of us have to work full time in order to even go to college. And it's like, yeah. even then we're not going to be successful after. So the fact that this guy was just guaranteed success anyway, yeah. Yeah. am I jealous? Yes. Of course. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, so – in 1948, the draft was reinstated, and he was given the option of joining the Marine Corps or being drafted into the Army. He chose the Marines and was transferred to Korea. 
And um, if you remember above when I said Pat doesn't have the same starlight seeking qualities as some like as someone like Kenneth Copeland, who we covered last time, mm-hmm. um, they do have something in common. And Locked I know it. you probably read ahead as to what it is, but it's worse than blonde hair. It's a little something we call stolen valor. So <laughs> what is stolen valor, Noel? Well, stolen valor is either lying about your military service altogether, as in you weren't in the military at all, or lying about what happened to you during mm. um, your military service. And that's a, that's he's that. Whereas Kenneth Copeland definitely like lied about his military service and let people infer that he was. Um, <clears throat> Pat, if you thought university was a free ride for Pat, oh boy, do I have something to tell you. So, we're going to jump a tiny bit ahead again. We're going to go into the future and then come right back. Okay. September 1986, Pat announced his intention to seek the Republican nomination for President of the United States. And I just want to pause here. Remember when I said the 700 Club was one of the most powerful and predominant Christian networks to ever exist ever and still yes. is? Yeah. Um, I mean that with my entire chest because he had a pretty fair he wasn't no one thought he would win against um bush um hw but he had a pretty it was a pretty close race and he like pretty comfortably took second so just power and money baby yeah i know it's absolutely terrifying so Robinson said he would pursue the nomination only if 3 million people signed up to volunteer for his campaign by um, September of that next year. And unlucky for us, they fucking did. And they raised millions of dollars for his campaign in the process. He was, as I said, campaigning against the incumbent Vice President George H.W. Bush. Pat ran on the standard conservative platform. And as a candidate, he embraced the same policies as Ronald Reagan, notorious motherfucker, um, terrible (laughs) Reaganomics don't work. Mm-hmm. He was actually getting pretty close to second until this happened. Former Republican Congressman Paul Pete McCloskey Jr. served with Pat in Camp Pendleton, which you'd think cool, like he's got a pal and like running mate, essentially like endorser in this. But <clears throat> during his campaigning, Pat was going around telling war horror stories of her like his heroism during his time in the Korean war. And Pete had something to say about that. Pete contradicted Pat's statements about his Korean war service. Pat first claimed that he was a combat veteran back in 81, which made Pete go like, what the fuck? Since he had been shipped to Korea with Pat and saw almost the opposite of that. Pete wrote a public letter to the U S representative, Andrew Jacobs jr. Who was a Marine veteran of the Korean war as well. And said that Pat was actually spared of combat duty because of his powerful father, U.S. Senator. Um, they He goes by A. Willis, by the way, because he doesn't want people to... Um, no, his fucking hex yeah. name? Yeah. <laughs> they know he doesn't want to be summoned. <laughs> it's like if he, someone said his name in, in the bathroom in the mirror, he would he would appear like He's Candy like Man. the Candyman, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> A. Willis Robertson of Virginia, <clears throat> that he intervened on his behalf and that pat had actually boasted like to his like i don't know what would you call that 
Uh, is it a platoon? I don't know what you'd call it. To the people yeah. around him in his military service your, that your group. Yeah, that his father kept him out of combat. What a fucking piece of shit, man. Right in the middle of war, two yeah. people in war. Yeah. In what I'm assuming would be combat. I don't actually know the yeah. <laughs> statistics of any congressman actually serving in active combat, but that's not something you brag about. Yeah, well, Keep like that to your chest. <clears throat> he was quiet. doing it because, like, he kn- no one. Okay, peace and love. No one loves a combat veteran military war story of like heroicism and patriotism and like you did it you made it yeah yeah then the fucking conservatives okay and if you want to like i fucking know that this bitch was like if i need to beat like bush senior i'm gonna have to really put on a fucking show and by put on a show he meant lie about his um, military experience and the real t is actual combat veterans don't want to fucking talk about it Ever. Yeah. And they definitely don't boast about it. Yeah. Um, not something that most like the trauma and the PTSD and the fucking fallout and the way that the US military absolutely shits on you when you're out of it. And when you're in it, people don't want to talk about it. So that's a really good indication when people brag about being a veteran that you probably wrote a desk job the whole yeah. time. Oh, you're gonna love what he actually did. Um, but that's that's so true. Like the only time I've heard veterans like tell their horror stories is when they're like on they're in court or on trial to mm-hmm. speak to the atrocities that the American military put them through. Right. Um, so yeah. Well, Pat tried to sue Pete for libel and um demanded damages of thirty-five million dollars. But I don't I, I don't know if God was talking to Pat at this point, but yeah, you fucking wish he was saying something because the um, research that was helped underwritten by Pete, it costs like over $400,000 to collect and like get all pieced together, mm-hmm. proved that every single fucking claim made was true. Rather than being a combat veteran, Pat had been shipped to Japan right off of the USS Breckenridge, then spent most of his time when returned to Korea at the safe harbor of the division headquarters. Pat served as the division's, quote, liquor officer, responsible for keeping the officer's club supplied with alcohol, which is why he kept traveling back to Japan. That was literally the only thing he was qualified for as a frat boy. It's true. He did get the most qualified position. That is one thing the military did right was make him the liquor officer. But definitely nowhere near um, combat. It's Evidence so pathetic. Of the li- <laughs> what? It's pathetic? It's so fucking pathetic, too. Because, like, dude, yeah, joining the military, like, whatever, especially during this time, I think it probably meant a little bit more than where they're well, – Specifically, it's World War One and World War Two. Like, those were definitely wars that mattered, Right. Yeah. Um, whereas like Afghanistan and stuff like that, like that's like a harder pill to swallow. And so most people, if you just say that you served in the military, that's good enough for them. They don't really need to know what you did. Mm-hmm. But then to like make up lies to try to make yourself a war hero, it's like, ugh. Well, my whole – well, like a thousand percent yes. And then my whole thing is like – so this is the Korean War and he was drafted. He, everyone, like men of the qualifying age were drafted against their will. They had to. He was given a choice from the jump and he was also able to like 
essentially jumped the draft in a quote legal way because of his father's power Mm -hmm. and there is nothing more like disgusting and revolting to me because like i have my own opinions about people who um join the military of their own free will um i I it's crazy it's crazy i also think that the military positions itself to make people like be forced into the position to join because it's the only yep. way that they could afford for school, healthcare, yep. housing. It's exploitative, one hundred percent. Exactly, and um, I, I also think that like I don't know, it's a, it's whatever. That's whatever. But like the fact that this was like during draft times, like there were people who were like anti-war. They don't want to brag about combat. They yeah. don't want to have war stories. And they were out here fighting and dying or yeah. living with the trauma of something that they were forced to do. Or coming then- back and trying to do reform. Like, and then they birthed the hippies of mm. the Vietnam era who yeah. did have a little bit more political power to try to keep us out of the war. I mean, it obviously didn't happen, but yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, like, it's a slap in the face to people who got forcefully drafted, didn't want to fucking go, died, yeah. or came back horribly maimed, and then you have to listen to this fucking frat boy brag yeah. about it. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. That's what bugs me the most, right? Yeah. Because, like, it's one thing to – this sounds horrible, but it's one thing to, like, lie about your service, like, ever even serving, right, that version of Stolen Valor. But there, it's horrible. But it's like that's one thing. It's yeah. another to have to be able to hide behind, like, no, I did actually serve. You can see proof of it, and and then just be this, just be a fucking yeah. liquor runner, like mm-hmm. as people died. I just there's something like extra nefarious and evil fundamentally about that to me. Yeah, because like most stolen valor you see is just cosplay, right? It's like somebody mm-hmm. who bought from a surplus store. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, I understand that that is annoying and it is fundamentally wrong because it's not a club that you paid dues to be a part of. Yeah. I don't really have skin in the game on that one. Um, but this is just nonsense. Um, yeah. because it's how many people fucking died in the Korean war and this guy's trying to get accolades and professional ad- advantages by lying about that nonsense, you know? Yeah. Um, and it would be remiss to say like, I do have a sister who had a purple heart an actual war hero and they don't give you shit. They let you fucking die. And then they go peace out. Here's a fucking shitty polyester flag for your trouble. That's what you really get. Yeah. Um, and then, and if we want to talk about sad numbers, so um, nearly, nearly 5 million people died in the Korean war. More than half of these, about 10% of Korea's pre-war population, were civilians. This rate of civilian casualties was higher than World War II and the Vietnam Wars. Almost 40,000 Americans died in action in Korea, and more than 100,000 were wounded. And this guy was running liquor. Like, he's somebody. And they say, like historians say, like on the nationalinterest.org, on a per capita basis, the Korean War was one of the deadliest wars in modern history. Um, the scale of the devastation shocked and disgusted the American military personnel who witnessed it, including some who had fought in the most horrific battles of World War II. So, just a little context there. Like, context, yeah. You know what I mean? It's extra disgusting and grimy and, like, just, ugh, like, the fact yeah. that he, he did this and bragged about it. Mm-hmm. So... 
And just, yeah. It's, yeah, <sighs> it's rough. So evidence in the libel investigation showed Pat's dad, Senator Robinson, thanking the Marine commandment for getting his son out of combat. By the time of the libel trial, which was scheduled for Super Tuesday, which I think is like kind of sick because remember he was like trying to get the yeah. candidate, um, a fuck ton of other Marine officers were prepared to testify, which also is that like never happens. Like peace and love, yeah. like they it's a it's uh, a good old boys. Like it's a good old blue boys line. Club. Yep, yeah. yep. It's very and they were like, nope, we'll turn on this motherfucker, no problem. Yeah. Um, so they were all prepared to testify that Robertson had avoided combat duty. The day before the trial, um, Robinson dropped the libel suit, probably by the demand and pleading and begging of his lawyers, because they knew he would fucking lose. Um, and because of this and all the negative press that came around about it, he dropped out of the presidential bid and later on had to pay Pete's court mm. costs. I love it when justice is served, kind of. Real kind justice of. would have been... He just died. I know. I know. I agree wholeheartedly. But at least he was publicly shamed, at least minimally. I assume that's where the episode ends. And nope. Then, oh, okay. Well, no. Fuck. Because he hasn't even found God yet. So mm. he didn't get enough punishment as far as I'm concerned. Okay. So yeah. let's go back in time again. Um, All right. Now we're back in the late 40s, early 50s, where Pat is, quote, fighting in the Korean War, said mm -hmm. with winks and sarcasm. Um, he gets promoted to first lieutenant in 1952 when returning to the U.S., and then went on to receive a law degree from Yale Law School in 55, and once again near the top of the class. However, he failed his first and only attempt at the New York Bar Exam. And before I continue on with this, I want to say, Pat has had a history of performing very well from prep school to both universities and now law school. But when it comes, and I know the bar is hard, mm -hmm. but when it comes to actually having to prove his knowledge on his like own, yeah, it doesn't happen. So well, yeah, it's when push comes to shove, daddy couldn't buy your way out of this one. Like, was he just doing well because of his father's political affluence? Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. I cannot find anything to actually prove substantially how well he was doing and in what I just find that he was, period. So Yeah, I'm sure I would have had all straight A's too if my daddy was a congressman and paid my way into law school. Yeah, so, you know. Yeah. Take that with, with what you will. So – but in the end, um, passing the New York bar wouldn't even matter because rather than going into the classical routes of business, like business law, he went into what I'd consider is the most lucrative business of all, religion. Ah, uh, tax-free profits. Oh, you know it. He attended the biblical seminary in New York and received a Master of Divinity in 1959. Master of, Div of Divinity does just sound cool. It sounds like a class from um, Hogwarts. Uh, like, no, like a oh my god, uh, Dungeons and Dragons like class. Like mm, that's you can true. be a you can be a sage, master of affinity. Well, I also think that um, it kind of is like peace and love to you and all the other religious listeners. I do feel like Master of Divinity is a D and D class because it's all made up bullshit. 
<laughs> that they're like, yeah, here's, your, I mean, here's your degree on the, on the hocus pocus. Congrats. I don't know what this like master's program does. Um, because normally you get like a master of theology, which is essentially like a historical expert on all things biblical history, but like master of divinity, that one I'm not sure about. My so, sister's ex, who's in a religious cult, is going to Pepperdine for a master of divinity. He also comes from a very wealthy family. Um, so Yeah, it's people who can do this kind of bullshit and not yeah. get a, a real job. Yeah, straight up. Um, and that basically summarizes uh, – where there's family wealth, there's a way. Whereas other televangelists did kind of have to like use their charisma and like those suave cult leadery ways yeah. to like weasel their way into places and um, like I don't want to say work, but like they played most- the game a little. They had to play the game. Yeah, exactly. Most of them did have to like start off like yeah. In humble beginnings, which is also why, like, the hypocrisy of their, like, extreme wealth and spending and fraud is, like, yeah. so hurtful because people are like, dude, you literally came from, like, the trailer park. Yeah, like, you're one you- of us. Yeah, you're you're not only – you're, like, a class betrayer a little bit. Yeah. And um, – but and, – and then they always use those, like, humble beginnings, right, as, like, the way that they get people to believe them and trust in them because yeah. – you know what I mean? It's the uh, same pathway that like any MLM takes too. Like they're so fucking similar because most MLMs tend to have like super religious type of undertones to them too. And it's if you give me money by working hard, you can be me. But that's not true. Oh, exactly. Um, like televangelist is televangelism is a pyramid scheme, just like an MLM is. You get the like, yeah. hey, girly, do you want to make money? You know what I mean? Like do this and you'll be rewarded. Televangelists yeah. are like. Hey, do you want to like be in the good graces of God and have your life be prosperous? Pay me and I'll make it happen. Like yeah. it's the and same. They, that's exactly shit. what they say. It's not yeah. even, that's not even like us being sarcastically shitty. That's like exactly what they say. No, a thousand percent. The prosperity gospel is what they preach. Um, but Pat didn't have to start from humble beginnings. Obviously, he just got to do what he wanted. And in 1960, he established the Christian Broadcasting Network, which he started by buying the license of a defunct radio station. So that was it. You know, there was no fucking jealous. Imagine if we had a radio station. Right. You just like do it. You just be like, yeah, let's buy that. Um, Which this also is. We'll talk about where they get their name and why this is kind of silly to me. Um, And they first broadcasted on October 1st, 1961. And by April 29th of 77, um, CBN, as it was called, or the Christian Broadcasting Network, launched a religious cable network, the CBN Satellite Service, which eventually became the Family Channel, as we know it today. Hmm. In 1977, CBN became the first direct-to-cable satellite-delivered television channel in America. So, remember when I said all-powerful? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was so lucrative that not even the IRS could ignore it, stating that it could no longer continue to be kept under the tax-exempt charity. So, Pat, being a businessman at his core, spun off the Family Channel into a separate commercial entity that was sold to News Corp for $1.9 billion. Keep in mind, this was in, like... The 70s? Well, I think this sale ended at either the late 80s or early 90s. 
So 1.9 billion then still. Oh my God. Yeah. That's like, oh my God. That's crazy. That's insane. Fucking crazy. And then he rebranded to the 700 club. And then let's talk about that name. So the name came about from apparently them almost closing which doesn't make any sense to me, but makes sense if you think about he needs ways to fraud um, listeners into giving him money. Yeah. They said that it had a total operating budget of $700 per month to like run the show. So they held telethons at the end of every episode. Pat said if 70 members each contributed $10 a month, they'd stay open. And he called these members the 700 Club, hence the name. So... Explain to me how you can sell part of your business for $1.9 billion, with a B, <clears throat> dollars, but then you can't afford $700 per month. Yeah, because he's a fucking liar. Exactly. That's the only way I can explain it. Exactly. So let's wrap this up quickly, like I said, and get to the controversies because I'm so sick of fucking hearing about him already. Um. Pat founded CBN University in 77 on their Virginia Beach campus, but it was renamed to Regent University in 1989. And again, similar to um, before, it's just like BYU, but for evangelicals. Um, The 700 Club, as I mentioned, should sound familiar to you. Um, He eventually gave hosting over to Jim Baker and Tammy Faye before she was pushed off the show. And um, Jim was caught fucking his male manager and defrauding the entire place. But whatever. The 700 Club was was and still huge. If you want to see their garbage, they've evolved with the times and post a lot of their bullshit on YouTube. Pat finally had a platform big enough to scream for dominionism, which is the idea that Christians have the right to rule and all law will be governed and created by and under biblical law. Oh, my law. God. That's so fucking terrifying. I know, especially when you think of like that I know came out so authentic. Um, (laughs) It's like, especially if you think of the fact that he was so close to getting the presidency and he believes in literalism, biblical law. We wouldn't have been able to mix our linens, bitch. I know it. We would have had gone to, you know, the only thing I am cool with is like being banished from the home during my period so I could go like have like a nice relaxing getaway. But everything else is just terrible. Dude, I am literally right there with you. I So this is probably TMI for a lot of people, but who cares? I allowed myself to have a period for the first time in almost seven years last month, and it sent me through a tailspin. Um, and I, I forgot how bad they were and how inconvenient they are, how painful it is, how it fucks with you like physically, how your body is just like in revolt. Um, yeah. And I had the exact thought. I was like, I just wish feminism could have held on to the period huts that women were sent away from. Yeah. Or like even period leave once a month. Yeah. I just wow. wish. I just wish. Also, you're breathing into your microphone really heavy. So maybe <sighs> feminism should teach you how to not do that. Get your shit together. Um, is that better? No, it's. I think it's your nose. Keep talking. I can't breathe through my nose, bitch. Listen to this. Ew! Uh, 
God. <laughs> I can't breathe through my fucking nose. Do? That's just, okay, well then Don't it's Don't ever you. accuse me of breathing through my nose well, again. Well then it's your mouth breathing. It's your literal mouth breathing. Yeah, I, can I hear have to literal... only breathe through my nose or my mouth because I can't fucking breathe through my nose. We've had well, this discussion. How dare you? I need you to not be such a fucking mouth breather <laughs> and drooler into the microphone. I really, okay. I genuinely wish I could just like absorb oxygen through my my skin, but. Get yourself a CPAP machine and fucking deal with it. So, anyway. (laughs) Let's get into controversies. My favorite part of televangelism. Oh, fun. So, in 1994... You're breathing again, bitch. I wasn't even breathing that time. Yes, you were. You're going to listen back to this. This is just like every time I say you're like you, you're doing something weird with your mic and then you're like, no, that, that. And then you listen back to the next day and you're like, you're so right. I'm so sorry for denying you. Is this better? I moved my microphone like above my mouth. Move it just a tiny bit down more a little bit. Yeah. Right. Let's hope that. Yeah. Let's okay. hope that, that works. Okay. <laughs> I'm fucking sorry, man. I don't, I don't know, know why it do. just happened in the middle of the episode. Are you like out of breath or something? Yeah, prob- honestly, probably. <laughs> so, <laughs> COVID hit me hard. I don't know what to do. I get it. I get it. So anyway. But this had also happened pre-COVID. So I don't know, man. Just bad genetics like at that. this point. I mean, I get it. Everyone had to hear me like cough and clear my throat. I've been trying to mute myself, but sometimes I can't. So sorry about it. Same. In 1994, in the aftermath of the... Rwandan genocide. Pat solicited donations for his charity organization called Operation Blessings International to provide medical supplies to refugees in what is now present-day Congo. Where, and the fun, this just so happened to be where Patty Boy also had a diamond mining operation. What in the world? So you he know. was getting donations. For an area where he had a vested business interest. Yeah. And I don't know if anyone has seen Blood Diamond, but uh, it's that. It is not. It is child labor and horrific conditions and murder and corruption and torture. Um, So just, you know. My word. Um, Two Operation Blessing pilots were interviewed and alleged that the organization's planes were used to haul diamond mining equipment to the mines that Robinson owned. Um, Pat denied these accounts, and um, much like all the other controversies overseas specifically, and like in offshore accounts that happened, um, nothing, there was no... They just kind of said, well, that's not our problem. Now, is it? Now, thank you for the diamonds. Pat. So, Pat. There's that. And Hmm. then we have um, a 1999 article came out in the Virginian pilot. And it alleged that Pat had business dealings with Liberian president and war criminal Charles Taylor with whom Pat, according to the article, negotiated an $8 million contract for gold mining operations in Liberia. This man is in gold and diamonds, by the fucking way. In in Africa. Like, yeah. Like exploiting he's, people there under the guise of charity. Yeah. Where his and, literal charitable airplane is bringing shit to exploit the people there for labor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And 
Um, his gold mining was like operation was called the Freedom Gold LTD. And this was an offshore company, but it was registered to the same address as like the Christian Broadcasting Network. That doesn't seem legal. It doesn't seem legal now, does yeah, it? Yeah, wouldn't that fall under the same tax bracket of this Christian Broadcasting Network, which would be a whopping 0% tax? Yes, but okay. because it was an offshore company, there was no investigation done. All the loopholes. You love to see it. And um, he gave um, Charles Taylor 10% stake in his company. When the United States intervened in Liberia in 2003, forcing Taylor and the Al-Qaeda operatives he was harboring to flee, Pat accused President Bush of, quote, undermining a Christian Baptist president to bring in Muslim rebels to take over the country, end quote. After they overthrew Al-Qaeda in the area, he said that? Yeah, because he didn't want to believe that Charles Taylor was a war criminal. I can't believe he's going to make me defend Bush right now. <clears throat> I know. I know. Um, Pat has denied any business dealings with Taylor, but on February 4th, 2010, at Charles Taylor's war crimes trial, um, he testified that Robertson was his main political ally in the U.S., provided documents to prove that. Um, Pat still denies to this day ever meeting or speaking to Charles Taylor. So. Dude, he just Mr. Magooza it. Like, I ain't seen it. I'm he's real like, dumb. I, he's like, I have nothing to do with that. I don't, oh, I, my God. I hate to sound ridiculous. I don't know who this man is. Yeah. If he's walking down the street, I wouldn't know a thing. Sorry to this man. That's what he said. Yeah. And they were like, damn, okay, you're right. So I can't argue with that. I, it's speculation here, but I would say that um, his constant connection and ties to um, – politics in the United States probably, you know, allegedly potentially could play a big part as to why he doesn't see any repercussions like all the other fraudster televangelists have. Yeah. So do that with what you will and probably why he was able to get away with and still get away with um, owning fucking diamond mines and gold mines in Africa and exploiting people and get it and working with war criminals. But like, you know, you know, yeah. praise God or whatever. Oh my God. <clears throat> and we wouldn't be covering televangelist if we didn't also cover all the shit they had to say about 9-11, which apparently was a lot. Um, so let's go ahead and read a transcript from an episode of The 700 Club between Pat and his guest, Jerry Falwell. On I know September it's coming up. Oh, yeah, you know. On September 13th, 2001. Okay. So, so two days later? Two days okay. later. Um, Chelsea, if you would please read as um jerry and i will read as pat yeah i want to get into character i'm just going to quickly google what jerry looks like okay okay <clears throat> okay so oh, i'm gonna try are you going to go with a hard accent on this i haven't decided because i want to be like <laughs> what we saw on tuesday as terrible as it is could be minuscule if in fact god continues to lift the curtain and allow the enemies of america to give us probably what we deserve Jerry, that's my feeling. I think we've just seen the antechamber to terror. We haven't even begun to see what they can do to the major population. <laughs> the abortionists have got to bear some burden for this. You're going transatlantic? Is that all the same accent I was doing? No, you're going to, you're going like Great Gatsby transatlantic. Like, but the book Great Gatsby, not like the I don't movie. know what to do. I've already, I forgot what I had It's okay. Done. No, keep okay, doing okay, it. Okay. I like it. 
And when we destroy four million little innocent babies, we make God mad. And I believe that the pagans and the abortionists and the feminists and the gays and the lesbians who are actively trying to make that an alternative lifestyle, the ACLU, people for the American way, and all of them who have tried to secularize America, I point the finger in their face and I say, you help this happen. I totally concur. And the problem is we have adopted that agenda at the highest levels of our government. Anytime you get away from God, you do become vulnerable. Bad judgment always leaves the door open for perpetrators of pain. Um, and scene. Oh, and you're absolutely right, Pat. In fact, allow me to stretch my butthole as wide open as I can get it. Um, I don't know if you're aware of what a meme is. I'm assuming that I'm pronouncing that right. I do have my finger on the pulse of America, but I'm about to pull my butthole so far apart and forever become known as goats. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to finish the quote out. <laughs> uh, that you know, that was one that they tried to pull off of the record, but thankfully we have access to documents that not yeah. even the general public we does. Are, so. We are the the me- local media that takes men like this down. We sure fucking are. <laughs> See local KSL articles about bomb threats to the University of Utah by former FanX owners. <laughs> for more details on that. Um, <laughs> so Funny enough, remember how you said you might have to defend Bush? War criminal George W. Bush, who was a longtime supporter of Pat. Also, I should mention, when he dropped out of the presidential race for being fucking stolen valor asshole, Mm -hmm. he then went to his massive fucking following who was willing to vote for him and said, hey, y'all, I'm going to need you to just vote for Bush. Thank you so much. God bless America. So he did that. So the Bush family has been like a big fan of him ever since. But um, he... And this is what I think is so funny. So, like, W was always a big supporter of Pat, but had to, like, denounce the uh, fucking 9-11 statement, obviously. Oh, my God, But, like, this just also goes to show how much of a fucking homie um, W was to him because he wouldn't say it. He had his uh, White House spokesperson come out and say it. So he said, she said, or he, Ken, sorry, quote, the president believes that terrorists are responsible for these acts. Not he God just, hating America and abortionists. <laughs> yeah, okay. He does not share those views and beliefs that those remarks are inappropriate. So just a little. Meanwhile, fun. like Bush's peaky mind is like mom's skirt, like making sure <laughs> that he's not going to be in too much trouble with his I friend. Know, he's like, like, I saw we pet. Can we still play after recess? <laughs> my mom, my mom. Say you come over <laughs> my mom will bring me over if your mom take me home <laughs> <laughs> it's sorry sorry about what i had to say about 9 11 i i sorry i i get what you're saying i do i do, you know the terrorists are i just want my game i just want my game boy back <laughs> my mom said she'll give me the PlayStation if if I say you were bad. <laughs> I, can't, I can't breastfeed unless I do what they tell me to. <laughs> gross. Oh, oh my god. Okay. Speaking of gross, <clears throat> in recent um, years, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Robertson at the fucking horrible age of eighty nine defended Trump before the 2016 elections after a videotape emerged of Trump making vulgar comments about women, brushing it off as, quote, macho talk. Mm. Robertson compared Trump to a phoenix, saying, quote, they think he's, hold on, they think he's dead. He comes back, <laughs> and he came back stronger, he said on his show. <laughs> it's like, 
I feel like I'm watching like a Disney football movie. You know what I mean? Like as you should. Well, it's supposed to be like a good old Southern boy, right? Yeah, it's um, like remember the Titans. All the people are like, "You won't win this football game if you support the abortionist, but God will provide." And you think we are dead, but we are Phoenixes. <laughs> You're so right. Like, that's it. That's like exactly that like. Right? That uh, is actually the story to Friday Night Lights. <laughs> yeah, any any fucking Southern football movie ever. Oh, fucking man. So in early October 2016, we may all remember a tape of Trump making vulgar comments about women. Um, Quick summary of those comments. uh, Quote, kissing women and grabbing their pussy without permission because he is attracted to them like a magnet. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Um, So... A few days later, Patty Boy jumped on the episode of the 700 Club in response to those remarks and said, quote, <clears throat> God, I don't know if I could do it for this song. Yeah, that's a big paragraph. <laughs> I kind of lost it, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't okay. even remember. I'm going to have to like go back and listen to like what my first accent was. It's like I'm possessed. Guy. I have no control over it. I become yeah. possessed by whatever demon wants to take hold of my body at the time to do it. So. I always just want to default to George and Camilla just talking about tampons. Where it's like, no, I like that's all I want to do, and I'm trying to be creative, but I'm, I know I'm not. we have to like we should take like a um like a dialect class or something. Yeah, where we they should teach you accents. I think that would be, I and then we should record it. A good use of money. So I agree. <laughs> Let's face it. A guy did something 11 years ago. There was a conversation in Hollywood where he's trying to look like he's macho. And 11 years later, after that, they surface it from the Washington Post to whatever. Bring it out within 30 days or so of the election. And this is supposed to be the death blow and everyone writes him off. Okay, he's dead. Now you better go. You you better get to go. Get out. I don't know what he's saying. Here. You better get, get out of the way and let Mike Pence run the campaign. There you go. Yeah. The Donald says no. The Donald says no. He's like the Phoenix. They think he's dead. He comes back. And he came back so strong. So he won that debate. The next debate, we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, he speaks to adoring thousands wherever he goes. I was like, hey, come back. Yeah, you know he was because he's like getting all riled up on TV. Um, yeah. And just a like fun little note here: after Bill Clinton's Monica Lewinsky scandal, Pat told those at the conference, in, like a Christian conference in '98, that Clinton should be impeached. He accused Clinton of turning the Oval Office into a quote playpen for sexual freedom of the poster child of the 1960s, and he called Clinton a debauched, debased, and defamed leader. Uh, so. So you can talk about it. You just can't be about it. That's what I'm saying. Gotcha, Pat. I see you. Now, let's end this episode with a rapid fire list of claims he's made. Oh, you're going to have to do so many more impersonations. God. (laughs) May 19th, 1982, on the 700 Club, Pat says, I guarantee you, by the fall of 1982, there's going to be a judgment on the world. Um, Surprise, Mm -hmm. if you're listening to this right now, there fucking was not. Um, He credited his prayers for steering the course of Hurricane Gloria in 1985. Huge if true. 
He big, big, honestly, astronomical, if true. Um, March 23rd, 1995, Pat got on the 700 Club and stated that Hinduism is demonic and Islam is a satanic and violent political system bent on the overthrow of the government of the world and world domination. He elaborated with, quote, you're dealing with not just a religion. You're dealing with a political system. And I think we should treat it as such and treat its adherents as such as we would members of the Communist Party, members of some fascist group. And he's definitely not talking about his own religion. I know, right? He takes the Bible literally. Fucking. Okay. Yeah. It's where, yeah. And where he wants to incorporate that into his presidency. It's incredible. Okay. I just want to make sure no one's being a hypocrite here. Yeah, no, no, no. He would never, obviously. Never. Okay. He's a man of God. He would never. Um, He has denounced views of feminism, activism regarding the LGBTQ plus community, abortion, and liberal college professors. What a fucking nerd, man. Always, dude. Always a classic. Um, He gained international beef for calling for the assassination of Hugo Chavez on the 700 Club, which... You know, I mean, honestly, honestly, I want to criticize him for his calls of assassination. But if there's one thing I know about Old Testament God is that he wants to see a motherfucker die. Um, He said that there was no room on the show for profiling people with progressive illness who were overweight, had facial blemishes, used wheelchairs, crutches, were blind or had blindness. Um, that no disabilities that could not be healed, um, as Pat viewed people with such um, disabilities as failures of the faith, quote. Meanwhile, he looks like he's made out of Play-Doh. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's none of my business. Meanwhile, he looks like, uh, he, he like looked into the Ark of the Covenant and is like mid-melting. But like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, go off. All right, Pat. <laughs> Marion, we all know that's your real fucking name. You- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you little fucking effeminate bitch. <laughs> In October to honestly, why don't more people call him by his name? Because he hates it. Like his that, real name. That's a flex. That's how everyone we do just it. call him Marion. Yeah. In October 2003, while interviewing um, State Department critic Joel Mowbray about his book Dangerous Diplomacy, Pat suggested that destroying the Harry S. Truman Building with a nuclear bomb would, en- <laughs> would enhance United States security by eliminating a nest of liberal traitors who secretly yearn for Islamic world domination. That sounds like an episode we do on an off day. I know. What, I also world? like the Harry S. Truman building. It's um, so it's the headquarters of the State Department in Washington, D.C. So just okay. a little, just in case we were wondering right. why he wanted to bomb that building. <laughs> um, All right, Mary. Just so, yeah. You. <laughs> on um, January 2nd, 2007. Pat said that God spoke to him and told him that, quote, mass killings were to come during 2007 due to a terrorist attack on the United States. He added, quote, the Lord didn't say nuclear, but I do believe it will be something like that. Um, and nothing happened. Hey, you guys, again, if you're listening to this right now, it, <laughs> there's no nuclear attack uh, in 2007. So, no. Interesting. You know, it's crazy. So he's um, over. He's over five. Dude. Yeah. Um, The 2010 earthquake in Haiti, he claimed, was God's judgment because – this is going to get rough, everyone. 
Hades founders had sworn a pact to the devil in order to liberate themselves from the French slave owners and indirectly attributed the earthquake to the consequences of the Haitian people being cursed for doing so. so. Huh. There's that? Hmm. There's that one? Uh, okay. Um, he made comments recently that it would be understandable for someone to divorce a spouse with Alzheimer's. That's definitely in the Bible. Yeah, Jesus said. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's a commandment, even. Yeah, it's it's the 11th. If you look closely, it's there. Yeah. Um, he's also claimed that he has the exact healing powers of God. Not blasphemous at all. I wouldn't say. In September of 2011, um, Pat predicted various dates for the world ending. Um, still here, again. Pat. Still here. Don't make promises you can't deliver on, my That's guy. what I'm saying. Don't. Don't fucking, you know, get me riled up like that. You got to do it. It's enough of the foreplay. Give me the real dates. So in March of 2015, he compared Buddhism to a disease and will end um, with October 20th, 2020, with Pat saying, quote, but first of all, I want to say without question, Trump is going to win that election. There will be assassination attempts against Trump. And an asteroid will hit that could destroy the Earth. And only Bruce Willis teaming up with Ben Affleck can save us. <laughs> That's true. That's true because in this reality, um, all of that didn't happen in okay. real life. So the only semi-good news I have to share is that on October 1st of last year at the ripe rotten age of 91 – Pat finally retired from the 700 Club, which also probably means he's going to die soon. Mm, predict that, Pat. Yeah. Uh, I wish is. a bitch would. Sometimes people just stick around. Honestly, creepy. honestly, it's like the spite. It's the evil. It's pure evil. Sometimes people are so evil that they become immortal, I believe, and they live to be like 102. Yeah. Um like every every evil stepmother in Disney is old as fuck. Yeah. They, they just, just live off hate. Look yeah. at Darth Maul. Going it's, strong, man. It's true. Nothing like, you know, puts you back together more than hate. Um, so yeah, there there he is. There's your boy. I didn't Pat like Robinson. it. I, didn't I know. Like that. It's not good. It's not he's not he's not good. He's not great. Um yeah, if you want it's he was another guy that was like tough to find like um like the good hard personal contradictions like against him you know what i mean from like people Uh around him because um like the 700 club has been along for been around for so long and is like it's got so much dominating power that like once you're in you want to stay in because you're getting built like you have access to a billion dollar industry yeah, and like, you're like not throwing away that money, and it's just it's just like everywhere. Like they just like with um like any of these really rich televangelists, when you try to you can find their controversies like written about by by newspapers and stuff like that. But like finding people in their lives or people who have like worked for them, like coming out and talking about how horrible they were. There was another situation that I left out because I didn't have, there wasn't enough about it, but there were allegations made um, when he was 
back doing his quote military service between um, Japan and Korea that he was in a Korean club and sexually assaulted a woman and was worried about um, like he was worried that he had contracted gonorrhea from her. And there, the problem is like, he's got so much power religiously with his organization, with his money and also with his connections to like political, you know, he's untouchable. Exactly. Like these, these like, there's so many things that like get lost. And when you even think about the things that have come out that nothing has happened, like with the blood diamonds and the gold mines, um, and, and you're like, damn, and nothing happened then. Like, of course, these like other stories about like um, sexual assault uh, go unheard of. So yeah. um, that's it was like it's it was tough to find shit like that. Um, because for whatever reason, he hasn't like faced any like legal proceedings, whereas like other televangelists have at least been like investigated or threatened of investigation. And yeah. so they'll have like records of employees coming out and like talking about it. Like the closest thing you have are like pilots saying something, but it was immediately shut down. And yeah, they're like, came of yeah, it. we carried equipment over. Like, is that the worst you got? I'm sure you have way yeah. worse. And that's literally like the end, like period. They never, Mm -hmm. they never came out and said anything else, and we don't know why. So, um, yeah, there you go, woo, televangelists. Um, (laughs) we're not even done yet. I know. uh, It just keeps coming. We're going. I well, I do think there is light at the end of the tunnel because if there is anything, there there is a goal at the end of this. So we are going to suffer through televangelists. Um, to get to the pot of gold at the end of it, mm-hmm. which is um, Tammy Faye. Yeah. And um, she is so important to talk about when it comes to uh, not just like televangelism, but also someone who um, <clears throat> was fighting the good fight the whole time, truly, um, and was like a victim of her husband and would just spend the rest of her days um, – advocating for like human rights and yeah. ma- and making amends with um what she did so to me she's the only good example of a televangelist and she wouldn't even consider herself one she would consider right. herself a humanitarian first so sure. um <clears throat> we will get to that but we have to trudge through the shit first yeah to understand how severe and bad it all is and Gotta also have manure before we get to the garden man yeah and um, I just want everyone to enjoy the healthy shit sandwich that is religious corruption, um, which is my favorite treat. So speaking of treats, you can treat yourself to some of our merch, actually all of our merch. Um, you should treat yourself to all of it, especially the um, Protect Trans Kids tea, which 100% of the proceeds go to um, trans organizations. And we have a bunch of other fucking cool merch in there. There's the wanted apostate, um, like Western photo that Kelly Holloran or at Wildwood Owl did, which is so fucking sick. Check that out. And you can find a link to our merch page in the link tree, which is in all of our bios. Um, I'm at Noel Fane. That is at Sith Lard. That Chelsea is at Sith Lard. <laughs> <laughs> and at Good Help Podcast for all of our socials. You'll find the link in there. 
for the merch. It also has links to um, our Patreon where a dollar gets you in. You do sign an NDA. So remember, don't talk about it. Don't Unless you're in the Discord Patreon group where you can talk about it with other people yeah. who have also signed it. That's all we will allow. That's um, it. That's it. You can also find a link to check out Kelly Holloran or Wildwood Owl's Etsy page where she has our stickers, our pins, our maybe a few bandanas left, and all her cool shit as well. You can join our Discord server, which is always a fun time. Um, our Facebook group, you can follow us on Twitter. And we also have links to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But again, if you're listening to us now, I don't know why you need those, but they're there just in case. Um, and... I always want to encourage everyone, especially after we deal with these televangelism episodes, to hail Satan. Uh, hail those damn Jimmy Buffett Crocs, man. We need them. Oh my God. Hail the Jimmy Buffett Crocs. <sighs> and once again, if you live by a Croc store, I am a size nine in women, size seven in men's. Chelsea is a size eight in women, size six in men's. Um, we will pay you and send you podcast stuff. So holler at us. I'll be checking my message request for the next few days. It's a case. Please. So, um, you know, that's... That's I it. Just, yeah, you yeah. just gave the full spiel. Yep, Let's get the H-E-double hockey sticks out of here. Yep. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>